Welcome to Mindfuck, the podcast where we make impossible things happen. If you have a big dream and little time, this is the place to actually make that happen. And uh, we're doing something a little different. You know, we've been disentangling issues. We've been realigning humans with their business and personal goals and quite literally making the impossible a reality, disentangling decades of head trash and crap in a matter of minutes so that people can move forward and make what they really want happen. And we thought that it might be a good idea to check in. You know, we've we've had on this podcast, we've had several, if not many at this point, people have truly transformative experiences. And we decided, you know, probably a good idea to see what is going on. So Belle was on our podcast a number of weeks ago. She's a new mom, has her first child at home. And so she's navigating the friction and difficulty of balancing everything out, trying to figure out what is the correct combination of work and life and relationship and kids and like all of the components of her life. So we thought, well, let's get her in here and see what has transpired since we last spoke. Chris, how are you? I am fantastic, love. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. You were on the podcast initially. Of course, you know we're recording this again, and uh, you were on the podcast, I don't know, a few weeks back, a couple of months. I don't even know when it was, but it was a while, long enough to where I want to check in with you. Yeah. What have you been able to employ? What have you taken with you from, from that interaction? Like, I'd love to hear kind of the update. Yeah, it I would say it's it's been less proactive than I wish I was here to report. Um that probably the the bit when I when we were closing the podcast, I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna really lean into this notion of the different roles, the dance partners, how you know this sort of shared power all works together. And I haven't really done a conscious reflection on that. Um, However, I do think it's made a big difference in how I'm thinking about approaching the many, many challenges of balance day to day. Um, I've actually been thinking about it a lot the last week or two, um, because we've been dealing with ear infections and vaccine reactions and uh, just a whole pile of of stuff. And yeah, figuring out how to balance childcare with projects winding down and um and my business had its best month ever in May. Um nice. There's a little bit of flukiness there, some things that you know I expected to invoice in April and June all kind of collapsed in. Um and right, so you don't need to qualify or discount the win here. Like let's let's not go down that road. Like let's just own what the reality of the the reality is best month ever, period, full stop. Right. Yeah. So very exciting. Uh, and and so and that happened at the same time of sort of kicking, leading into <laughs> all of this uh, childcare insanity. And so being able to reflect on the trajectory of the business and when and how I want to be showing up, um, you know, and the parents kind of the two dominant roles has been a, a very helpful framing. Right, right. Because because as I recall, we 
we sort of looked at this through the lens of your business, right? How would I work with all of these moving parts, these different team members, adding team members, different roles? How do I structure this organization in a way that it's optimized to achieve its mission and the outcomes that they're looking for? And so when you look at your, your overall life scene, and I think we made the, analysis, the, the analogies of like the CEO of your life and the, the CFO of your life and all these different roles, like who's in charge of what and here's the job descriptions and how do we structure this uh, in a way that optimizes to what is ultimately the life and the experience in that life that you're looking for. And, um, and I think what you're probably noticing is even though, as you mentioned, like there's, there's been less of the conscious structuring of this, when we, when we have these conversations, especially in this kind of, you know, I'll just call it what it is, the shamanic energy work, um, you, when you have these intentions, like there's maybe 10% above the surface and then the 90% below, it's all the iceberg thing, right? And so right. even having that intention, is going to affect your energy field. It's going to affect your neurochemistry. And, and so whether you're conscious of it or not, you're going to start seeing changes in this unless you really resist, you know, what's coming up. So, which, you know, you could do. <laughs> yeah, I could, but why? So that, that right, sounds like right. energy I don't have. <laughs> right. So, but you've had your best month ever. So business is going well. You're, you, it sounds like you are navigating the um, the novelty of having a child, especially your first, because like you said, unexpected things, all of a sudden you wake up and have to deal with something that was not planned that day. But it sounds like you're able to kind of surf these waves pretty effectively, you know, from what I'm perceiving anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think the other thing I've really been reflecting on in, in terms of this is as I look at shaping that role, that piece of my identity around business ownership, really coming face to face more often with what the, for lack of a better phrase, that what the sort of internal sources of validity are for me around that role. Um, and I, cause I think we talked about this on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure I've been working more hours on an average week than my husband does. And yet there are often times where I feel like my work is somehow less real or valid than mm. his, um, because he's in a sort of a very traditional company where he has a position in the company. He has a W-2 paycheck that comes in from the company. And I, so there are all, this is something I, I talk about with clients in terms of how they're designing their org structure. And if you want to do the traditional pyramid hierarchy, cool. If you want to do something else, cool. One of the key advantages of that very traditional structure is you get a shorthand for free, right? There are basic assumptions that pretty much everyone in American society, at least, are going to come into a company with, and most of those assumptions will align with a very traditional org structure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is this is almost too close to be a really useful metaphor, but I've been sort of thinking about that in terms of these roles for myself, right? That I have these kind of very inbuilt assumptions and I never really expected to go start my own business. I always 
kind of assumed I was going to be part of a bigger organization that somebody else started. And, you know, while I certainly had every intention of climbing up those ranks, you know, and into the C-suite at least, mm-hmm. there were, I was always kind of operating on some assumption that that an external force was going to give me structure around what it meant to be successful or even meeting expectations, right? And that notion mm-hmm. of like being able to piggyback on the external expectations and really recognizing that has given me time and opportunity, even if it's in little bits and, you know, dribs and drabs throughout the the month to kind of reflect on, okay, I don't have that. So what is success professionally for me? And I've kind of had that awareness for a while, but I haven't really confronted it. Yeah. And I, and I think you're in an interesting position because how you define that is very different than you would in a big corporate structure, right? Um, because success we're, you know, is typically going to be, it's, we're going to talk KPIs. We're going to talk market trends. We're going to talk, um, market share. We're going to like all the things, right. Um, whereas somebody in your position, you get to define success with all of the integrated components, with your relationship, with your personal life, with your, you know, being a mom and all these kinds of things. What does that overall success look like? And the W2 employee doesn't necessarily think about that. The other thing that is really powerful in, for somebody in your position is that the W-2 employee has generally is going to have a lower level of daily stress because they live in the illusion of safety. Because the reality is that W-2 job could go away at any minute. And you are the master of your own destiny. Right. Like the worst case scenario for you is that you end up needing to go to an organization that does what you do. I mean, we actually I mean, I know something like Paula Sizik is one of these big. I think. Paula. Yeah. Paula is a big organization that kind of does what you do on this massive scale. And you could probably very easily find yourself in that position. Worst case scenario. But I have found in my experience and in, in, in our client's experience that. When they're the master of their own destiny, it's like the, the, the safest bet turned out to be on them, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to going and having that corporate job that only, ha- like I said, it, cre- it has the illusion of safety. Yeah. And I, uh, I have friends at various tech companies in the Bay Area right now who are uh, coming face to face with the uh, intense reality of that illusion. Um, right. And look at the banking industry, like whoever would have thought that that like my job is secure forever, right? Right. Not so much. (laughs) Yeah. And coming back to that idea of sort of the metrics of what I realized is that through my, you know, working for other people phases of my career, I had sort of shorthanded success down to title and salary. And all those other things kind of drive into that. And that makes it pretty easy to sort of look at trajectory and, you know, you can make decisions about whether you want to do sort of straight line or, or jagged line as you chain, you know, for, for other reasons, but they're, they're pretty good shorthand. Whereas when you start a company, you start out a CEO. So there, there is no title growth ahead of you. Period. Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, and, and, 
salary isn't the metric or income revenue, whatever you want to call it for the company, is not the key metric I want to be using for Bellevue. I want to be focused more on impact and change. And, you know, a see previous statement about best month ever. Obviously, I am tracking and excited about it. <laughs> However, if I and. <laughs> right and if I had achieved that best month ever by you know buying the right lotto ticket, it wouldn't have the same meaning. Perhaps not, right? And it's still it like a win is a win, right? You know the um, and I think that you you've touched on something really important is that the the number of the, like the revenue number isn't the goal. It's the result of the goal. Right. Right. So when so when you think of the goal as like your life experience and being a certain kind of mom and a certain kind of partner and a certain like when like the money is is the almost accidental result of doing all those things well. Right. So when you when you're living life in alignment. Mm-hmm. as you define that, right? What's in alignment for you is not aligned for somebody else. And it's, it's all very subjective. So when you're living in, in what is truth for you, everything seems to kind of work, you know, and, and it unfolds in this beautiful way. Yeah. And, and we, we've been sort of focused in on these two, I'll call it primary roles, the, the parent and the professional piece. Um, but I have also been over the past several months, really trying to focus in on the other elements, you know, running more, <laughs> uh, which is for me, the the heart of a lot of the fitness that I do. And that makes a big difference. And, you know, even when I really, 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 really don't want to, <laughs> I'm almost always glad I did. <laughs> right. I've never, I've never wanted to go work out and I've never regretted doing it. <laughs> I don't know if I can use never in either of those <laughs> ends, but it yeah, directionally very, very similar. And, you know, making sure that I, we are ca- carving time for my husband and I as adults, not just mm-hmm. parents. Um, right. it, it, I was just having this conversation with a, with a friend um, earlier today. I somehow, you know, unconsciously really expected that the whole parenting thing would just get easier as it went along. And that is not how that Oh, you naive girl, you. Oh yeah. And, and, but it's, I keep having to learn that about every element of it, right? There were, depending on when the bedtimes are, when the naps are, when the needs are, the time and the level of effort required to be a couple and be partners for each other varies, right? Sometimes it's been really easy, even though we have a kid now, or, and sometimes it's, it takes a lot of, of effort and energy. And, um, and that's something that I think I am seeing more recently is as there's more challenges, there's also more opportunities to appreciate how we're showing up for each other and how we still lean on our support network to have that time for each other. You know, and you hit on a really interesting point, right? Because like the culture of an organization or even of a family can shift based on the size of that organization, based on the dynamics, right? The values can stay the same, but the culture 
of a six-figure company is not the same as the culture of a seven-figure company and, and certainly not the culture of a multi-seven-figure company. And I'm guessing, you know, I'm not a biological parent, but I'm guessing that the parent that you are to a one-year-old is going to be different than the parent you are to a three-year-old, to a five-year-old. And then you, if you have two kids now, like it's a, like a whole, there's an evolution of this. And so being able to constantly reinvent and pivot and question and like it's all very much the same like we do in organizations as they grow up right I, I use those analogies a lot like you know growing your business is like growing your kids right there's a lot of similarities and um and i can pretty much guarantee you that you're not going to be the same parent to a 16 year old that you are a six-year-old that's like i said i'm not a biological parent but i'm pretty sure that's true <laughs> yeah and and barring edge case circumstances, you're probably not doing any favors to that child if you are trying to be the same parent in those scenarios. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the other thing that I that I have kept coming back to is there are all these parallels on the organization front and the dance metaphor analogy has actually, I think, been more helpful for me because there is traditionally much less fluidity in that kind of balance of power and the boundaries of where the roles need to be in an organizational context. Whereas if you imagine more of a kind of freeform dance or, or even, you know, jazz or whatever, where, where different roles come into the forefront, take the lead, um, you can do similar things like that with shared power in an organizational context. It's just not it's not the default. And so I think actually sort of wrenching my brain away from wanting to have these very sort of clearly defined boundaries and roles uh, ha has been helpful and having found a, a, a model that speaks to that for me has, has also been helpful. That's fantastic. Well, you look great. You sound great. What, uh, what can we do to, to support your continued success? What do you need? It's a good question. That's one of those moments where it's like, oh, there was there was no chance Chris was not going to ask that. And yet I did not think about it ahead of time. <laughs> it's what we do. What do you need? Yeah, uh, I think right now, practice and patience, right, is I'm I'm at a place where I, I think the things that were acutely stressful a few months ago, I kind of have a hold on. And so now it's it's the new game of, okay, as the world shifts and changes around me, what are the new kind of tall poles that that need attention? And I haven't quite figured that out yet. We just yeah. mowed the lawn. We're not sure what's going to pop up first. Right, right. Well, you know, we are always available to you. I mean, I know you you live and work in this world and still it's really tough to work on the car that you're driving. So if you ever need some feedback or you want to run something by us, please reach out. You know, the door's always open to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So good to see you. I love that quote, you know, that if I'm uh, if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. And when yep. I'm with Belle from Bellevue Consulting, I am never in the wrong room. So it's so good to see you. And uh, thank you for being you because you really do uh, make sure that I'm always up leveling my game. So thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Good to see you, Belle. I'll talk to you soon. Great to check in with Belle and see everything that's going on, see the updates. She had her best month ever. Very excited about that. What about you? You want to have your best month ever? 
you want to do better, you want to get unstuck, you want to have a truly transformative experience, there are many ways to do it. Go to statusflow.net, check out our flagship program, Moonshot. Uh, Check out our one-on-one engagements, our team corporate engagements. All of them are designed to make the impossible reality. And of course, you can also apply to be on Mindfuck. Thanks again for joining us right here. We will see you next time.